Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Paul and producer Dave, your boy PD. And today we're going to be covering Disney Plus's juggernaut show, The Mandalorian. This is going to be season three, episode four, a.k.a. chapter 20, entitled The Foundling. And before I get going here, I do want to reroute you over to BingetownTV.com. It has our full catalog of shows. We're pushing 400 episodes at this point in time. We cover a bunch of your favorites. House of the Dragon, The Boys, obviously The Mandalorian, just to name a few. Uh, this month alone, we're also covering Yellow Jackets and Shadow and Bone. You can find it all at BingetownTV.com. So definitely go on over there uh, and check it out. Please and thank you. But yeah, now that the spiel's over... Episode four, a nice quick episode. Wasn't a whole lot of meat to it. I mean, we got that Grogu backstory, which is always good to see. But other than that, it kind of had the feel of the typical Mandalorian almost filler episode, even though we were like immersed in the Mandalorian stuff. It was cool. Um, It is sitting at an 8.0 on IMDb, which seems about right to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what are you guys thinking? For me personally, yeah, Nate sounds about right. It wasn't like an overly great episode, but it was definitely not a bad episode. We've not had a bad Mandalorian episode yet, and I don't expect to have one anytime soon. But the one thing that was my takeaway from this one is the Grogu, the Grogu cuteness overload was so much this episode. I found myself like going, oh, and, you know, just like getting all cuddly because I just he was so cute this episode, especially when he walks. I just love watching him walk. And when he's not in the floating thing, it's just the cutest fucking thing. Um, So it was just cuteness overload from Grogu this episode. Mando's a beast, but really cool. I mean, it's always cool seeing uh, all of the Mandalorians that we know of, at least in one group and seeing them kind of kick ass a little bit. Um, I love seeing the different helmets, but yeah, nothing overly special for this episode. Okay, so I was getting mad revenge of the Sith vibes from this whole episode with, Ooh. you know, Grogu and training, the way he was jumping back and forth, mm. out, just totally Yoda fighting the Stormtroopers and Palpatine. Plus, you know, we get the attack on the Jedi Temple, which just inject into our veins. Takes I us know, back to Order 66, yep. We all collectively love that shit because we know so much happened and we only can get so much. Um, so every little bit that they show Kellerin or is that his name? Yep. Kellerin. Kellerin oh back, I believe. What a beast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kinda, my new favorite Jedi. I, I don't want to get too far into it. Rip this bandaid off now, but that actor is very famous. Did either of you guys look up who the actor is? No. That's George R. Banks. No, I'm at best. Yeah. They oh. just- Absolutely incredible. But I mean, <laughs> even even besides that, we do get just a little bit more of what the Mandalorian, uh, I guess, children of the lights are like. I can't say all Mandalorians of the watch. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I think I'm mixing up the boys in here or something like that. Um. Anyway, 
it was really good for only like 20 some minutes it was it was decent yeah and for a shorter episode i think any longer it would have felt too long so i think they got in and they got out of there in just the right amount of time for an episode like this but yeah now that we got our hot takes out of the way let's get right into it kind of the thing that kickstarts the episode, we have this training scene, all the entire covert is out. You know, we got adults sparring against adults. Bo-Katan is just kind of like walking through the ranks, taking it all in. And then we go to Grogu, who's just kind of seemingly playing with the force with these little rocks. Dave starting off hot with the Grogu uh, cuteness, but it turns out they're just little like rock crabs. But yeah, and this kind of gets us into the Grogu being forced to step up and spar against uh, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew again gets comes back into play. Ragnar is his name. But yeah, what did you guys think of this scene? I really I really like seeing the Mandalorians just out in full force doing their thing, sparring, training. Yeah, uh, it was really cool seeing this, the sparring scenes. Just really love getting the action shots of like all the Mandalorians doing their thing, especially the age range, too. I mean, you see the kids going at it as well. So it's just really cool seeing that. You know, they don't really care how old you are. I mean, once you become an apprentice after the foundling stage, you're just getting thrown right into it. You're doing all the training that all the older people are doing as well. So I thought that was a really cool perspective. Um, not too much else to comment on that. It was cool seeing like the, the code of of combat. You know, there was an instructor. I think he called it or, or I don't even know if he called it like a referee or, or whatever or judge. Uh, but it, it's just so cool the way that, you know, the challenger can choose what weapons they use and you know knowing them they have all the different types of weapons uh, they had the one scene where they were kind of like shooting at targets over the water and i was like wow that's one really cool you know benefit of you know these laser guns that i didn't even think of there's no you know pollution really right there's no bullets yeah. flooding you if, know, we're, if or, we're talking about the lasers i also would like to know how far they can actually shoot up to like do they just eventually like dissipate into space or like are they yeah. more powerful the closer That's they are from question. the launch yeah because i always wonder that because especially in these shots where they're flying sky and like they're shooting in different angles like you don't see any of the lasers ever like hit the ground or anything so it's like how far can they really shoot you know no. it's one of those either. things try not to think about it too yeah hard, you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, yeah, and then we got this little sparring match between Ragnar and Grogu, and it's like Din kind of has to coax it out of him. He's being like, nah, he's old enough. He can scrap, even though the trainer's like, no, he's too small. Ragnar's mouthing off. Uh, you know, they are not painting the best picture of this Ragnar kid, so... I don't know what the plan is for him. Paz, I think, is going to be important. He's the son of Paz. Maybe like him and Grogu are going to be like rival Mandalorian <laughs> families. I don't know what the plan is here. It's not much uh, of a rivalry. Grogu is just well, going to dominate that rivalry. <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. But yeah, so Ragnar goes off to pout and then he just gets like snatched up by this raptor. Was not seeing this one coming, but I kind of chuckled. I was like, whoa, that's like terrifying. but it's kind of funny. My one note for this scene was just imagine living in a world where this could just happen to you at any moment. I mean, good thing that I guess it was a Mandalorian group. But if that was just like I was picturing like Hunter Hunter. Do you remember when the the Chimera ants are just like picking people out of the town? Oh it's just like gosh. it's just like that. They just go on with their normal day afterwards. They're just like, OK, we lost one today. That's probably a good number. You know, like that's just all I was thinking about. But that monster, what did we get a name for it? Like the raptor. The uh, okay, it was it was so sick. I did not see that coming at all. 
Yeah, when it first like came over the horizon, I thought it was going to be you know the opening scene of season three of the whole squad was going to get together and fight it. And I was like, you know, imagine he just like snaps up Ragnar right now, and he he did. He snatched him up. I was like, oh my god. So before we get too far away from it, I did want to bring up real quick that Ragnar asked when they're about to duel, hey, why doesn't he have a helmet on? Oh, he's he's too young to speak the creed. So, you know, therefore he he's not really one of us. He's just a foundling. Um, and I was like, oh, that's 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 interesting because we saw them do the creed and we know you need to recite it, but now we we know that you need to be able to physically say it. You can't just like nod yes to somebody saying it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh that's interesting. Because you could have Grogu because Grogu is obviously not young. So the way the Mandalorian put it was he's just too young to speak the creed because he's not too young he's definitely it's old like enough to be yeah old. he's old enough to meet the standard but just not also, can't speak that leads into din countering by saying one does not speak unless one knows which is part of the creed and they've kind of used that to be like yeah fucking know your place ragnar don't, <laughs> don't speak unless you know bro yeah you know, you know nothing know about Grogu. you know nothing you ragnar. know nothing ragnar also ragnar shout out young ragnar from the last kingdom true was he in this episode no. You just were shouting out because it's yeah, Ragnar. Ragnar, Ragnar. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah fuck it. Yeah, we yeah. cover the last kingdom. Check yeah, it out. Get on BingetownTV.com. <laughs> somewhere Jimmy, somewhere Jimmy's ears are burning because I pitched the pod <laughs> within the pod. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So Paz and Din try and chase on their jetpacks. They run out of fuel. Paz is like, oh, this always happens. And then you just see Bo Katan's badass ship. They are really flexing this ship whenever they get the chance. And I respect them for it. But yeah, she follows it all the way to the lair, then doubles back. And she immediately steps up, takes the leadership role. She's like, yo, we got to do a search party, this, that, and the other thing. Like, you know, rallies the troops. And you can already see, like, she's a leader. Yeah. The only thing that I was thinking here is how often does this happen for them to just make it a, such a casual conversation where like, oh, uh, we've reached the point of where we normally reach where our jetpacks run out of fuel. Like, was this their first time actually like using a ship to chase down the Raptor? You know, I just mm-hmm. have some minor like it was just minor complaints, but it got me. It was tied into, you know, the whole. Oh, you know, you just walk, wake up one day, walk outside and you just get taken. And then they all look around. They're just like, OK. There, there he goes. He's gone. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, one less mouth to feed, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this must happen pretty often. The lack of urgency was something that I just did not understand. I'm mm. like, so you guys are just assuming that he's not dead yet or he's not like about to die in like an hour. Like you're very casual. Like they're like, oh, yeah, let's camp out here for the night. And, and the fact we'll that they beat the, the bird to the nest didn't make sense to me either. And the and it, because because they camped out for hours. Yeah, they camped like, out for hours. Kid must have well, been in the stomach they, for hours too. They yeah. didn't beat it. There's a lot to dissect <laughs> there. They didn't beat it to the nest. I read the situation as the bird got back to the nest and was just out of the nest by the time they woke up and climbed up the thing. So what? It just um, had Ragnar also, in its stomach the whole time. Then, well, that's the other thing. Mm. As we know, Boba Fett survived years in the freaking what's her face's pit, okay. the Sarlacc okay. pit, because of his Mandalorian armor. That shit's pretty tough. I don't know if you guys know this, but best car is no <laughs> joke. Have you You're guys right. been watching the same series as I have? I don't You're know. Totally right. I just in my head, I just thought the bird would have went back dropped off the body and then like run its errands and then come back instead of like keeping <laughs> run its yeah errands. run its errands yeah, rather than keeping course. the child in its belly the whole time but that 
you're right. That is a good comparison to Boba Fett because you're right. It, it reminds you that the Beskar armor is, you know, good for people who get eaten. I guess. Yeah, but the only thing with that is like you're in a stomach, like completely, like going to be covered in stomach acid, and it's going to go through the gaps. We already no, know. No, there's, no, 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 no. We already no, know no. that there's gaps. <laughs> so so birds, I don't know. Birds like do this with like worms. They keep the worms like alive until it's time to let. It's called baby birding. Have you ever heard the term baby birding? I know for a fact you have, so don't deny it. I've, yeah, his girlfriend does it to him every night. disgusting. God. <laughs> Damn it, dude. Absolutely not. Uh, but Rogan did it once, so... Uh, we're getting yeah. away from the point. It is well within the realm of possibility, much less Star Wars plausibility for this young Ragnar to survive this this terrible situation. I don't they know why me. you guys are picking holes in it. This they is lost where they lost me on you. The worst episode of the series. So no, far. not the worst. Well, well, I'll I, mean, tell you I loved what, everything else about let, it. Let me bring you back because before we get too far ahead, they did diverge to go off on their side quest. So I want to rewind with the Ford or I'm sorry, the armorer taking Grogu into the forge and we get, you know, the armorer trying to take Grogu under her wing. Of course, it's a foundling. Everybody chips in, but she's trying to teach him the way, you know, just as we shape the steel, we shape ourselves. We all begin as raw ore. we refine ourselves through trials and adversity. The forge can reveal weaknesses. And as this hydraulic press is like going down, you know, we get the flashback and. You know, the flashback is pretty self-explanatory. Order 66. I mean, Jedi are dropping left and right. Grogu escapes out the roof with this guy, Kelleran, uh, a.k.a. Jar Jar Binks' actor, Ahmed Best. Yeah, I, I don't know, guys. What what are you thinking here? There's The end scene has some noteworthy implications, but I want to know your guys' takes. Every time I see a Jedi go down... I just I feel like it's such a huge loss for the cause for the for the Jedi clan. So so, you know, Order 66 in particular, I still every time I watch it, it's like, dude, I can't believe they just were completely wiped out. So to watch the Jedi fall like one by one, like real quickly again, it's like super impactful to me, at least. Um, And then the Kelleran picking up the lightsaber of the fallen comrade in the elevator and then dual wielding. Oh, my so sexy. God. How do we make a character cool? Give him two swords in each hand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Uh, to make also- him even cooler. You give him four like General Grievous. Oh, yeah. He was a good one. <laughs> uh, we also got to see the iconic like Clone Wars gunships, which we haven't seen animated in the Mandalorian yet. So it was just cool to see them again. But yeah, so you know they go through the train that whole thing happens and they have this brief moment of i don't know peace on like a landing pad where they meet up with people in red garb and a silver plated ship now do you guys know who these people are i have no idea i assumed that we were probably meant to know who they were but it eluded me as a very casual watcher is that uh, Leia's adoptive father? No, but that's a good guess. He's because... from Alderaan. These are people from Naboo. Now, mm. do we know anybody influential at the time of Order 66 from Naboo? Paul? Uh, Natalie, my first crush, Portman. 
Yeah, so Padme <laughs> is from Naboo. Padme's whole deal was peace above all else, helping other people. Like, that was just the kind of politician she was. That was the creed. And while she was either pregnant or going into labor around this time, it's not out of the realm of possibility that she would have kind of had a contingent of her people ready to go to try and preserve or just get Jedi out of the Jedi temple in the case of one, like a separatist attack, or even she was kind of in the know about Palpatine's doings at the time. So she could have possibly sensed that something was coming at the Jedi temple. So the working theory is that Padme sent someone very close to her, maybe Jar Jar Binks. That's why Ahmed best might've been like a little wink as a casting, like Jar Jar might've been the, the informant, if you will, that like pulled the trigger and got people out of there. But uh, further bolstering this theory is the fact that like their specific garb, like they are part of the royal Nebu like security force. The silver plated ship suggests that it was owned by someone who was once a part of the monarchy, i.e. Padme. Padme. So so it okay. fits very well. People seem pretty sold on it, pretty sold on this theory. And I think it would be a great nod to the character Padme yeah, I was gonna say do you great. think we would only like do you think it would only come in like small flashbacks or do you think we'll get like a whole scene with it like do you think it would just be little shots like this or do you think like we would actually see like Padme and Jar Jar Binks eventually maybe not in Mandalorian but at some point in the Star Wars canon uh well Padme uh... I, I doubt it is what mm. I would say. Padme dies very soon after, after. the events that mm -hmm. we're seeing right now in this flashback. But I think she has loyalists to her cause. And I feel like we're going to be dealing with people that were in her inner circle. Hell, it could be right, Jar Jar, cool. honestly, because I think we know that Jar Jar survives a while. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, people think Padme may have been behind saving Grogu and getting him out of the Jedi Temple, which is really cool. Definitely. I need a. It's been a while since I've seen Phantom Menace. Uh, I don't hate it nearly as much as most people do. Uh, I I think it's great. Plus, I just saw a a video today of George Lucas's original plan for Episodes Seven, Eight, and Nine, and it, it the main villain was darth maul coming back and just the absolute potential that was there you know <laughs> luke luke was supposed to restore the jedi order leia was the new like ruler of the of the new republic it just everything made so much sense um and i don't know it's just disney i don't know what happened and we but, got yeah we got these fucking trilogy movies that were yeah where were you going with this just a bash on the new <laughs> i don't trilogy. know i just i'm just i just ranted because what could have been you know the, the actual dream but thank god mando's here because this is insane and again if this is doing everything that you're saying the fact that they're tying in yet another piece of star wars material into the mix and in, in just you know one season let alone you know you know four episodes it's it's crazy mm -hmm. definitely the only thing i'll add, like comment also is just the jedi they don't have masters like they used to i guess you know like if you know, we've seen yeah. Darth Vader handle those those kinds of laser shots from multiple troops, but these these guys, these young Jedi masters, you know, they couldn't handle it. But they they didn't have Yodas, they didn't have they lost Anakin. Luke was nowhere to be found. Not you know? every Jedi was a 
fighter or a warrior, if you will. Some were like librarians. True. Jedi, after all, are peacekeepers. But I agree. There were like five clones there and three Jedi. Uh, Yeah. eh, (laughs) Yeah. You know, just one of those things we try not to think about too hard. Uh, But to tie this scene in a nice, cute little button knot, the armorer just like pounds away and gives him a rondelle, which is just a circular plate with the mudhorn signet, which is our boy Mando. So, you know, a nice little relationship there. I just love when people like talk to Grogu as an adult and he just responds with cooing as if like mm. they should know what he's saying. And like, it's just so the dynamic is just so funny. Even three seasons later, especially now when he's being treated more as an adult than we've seen in the past because, you know, everyone gets thrown off by his actual age. But now that people actually know his age, we're kind of stepping into that territory where people actually are talking to him as a human being, not just like baby talking to him the whole time. And it's just funny just seeing him react because everything, his facial looks are just always so they feel sad always. Like something happens and it just feels like he's sad. Like, especially when he was fighting uh, Ragnar and he like looks back at Mando. He's like, coo. And it's just like his face. I'm just like, come on, you're going to make this kid fight? Come on. I was just expecting now for somewhere towards the end of the season, maybe next season, he's either going to get shot or like lasered right in the chest. But that sigil is going to save him. Oh, it's oh, he's definitely getting he's definitely getting saved by that sigil. Of course, think we're going to hear Grogu's first words this season or ever in the Mandalorian. And if all right, well, now that you brought it up has to be i would be upset if it wasn't i I actually thought about him saying the creed and like i'm like is it if he says the creed but like sections are slightly moved but like does it still count count to the front does it it still count the way what what is is. his first yeah Yeah. oh my god that's what he's gonna say yeah what is his first word gonna be do you think it's gotta be is it gonna be din i feel like that's the easy route to assume murder yeah. <laughs> just murder he just wants to murder yeah dark, dark side. side yeah <laughs> keep that bottled up bro yeah uh well okay fun to speculate that that was a nice mm-hmm. little moment all right let's return to the mandalorian search party uh like you guys said they make camp for the night only thing that happens there is Bo's like hey how the hell do we eat with our helmets on he's like we don't okay we all like find a place where we can be in private then we take off our helmets and then paz acknowledges hey you are the search party leader therefore you get the honor of staying by the fire to eat which is that was that was badass i thought Mm. even though she's new she still gets you know the 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 honor she is the party leader so and and, 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 leader and it was cool that they yet again answer another question that we've all had. You know, how the fuck do these people eat if yep. they can't take off their mask? So it's great yeah. that they finally gave it to us. It was so it's I'm glad you brought that up because the one chick, I think we get a shot when it becomes night. This the one Mandalorian is like holding a cup and I'm literally looking at her and I'm just like, what are you doing with that cup? Like there's you can't take off the helmet. But then he says, oh, we have to all, all go in a corner and, you know, eat. Then I was like, OK, it's all cleared up. But I was definitely thrown off by why they all had food and how they were going to eat it. So they made camp for the night. Next morning, they wake up. They all agree stealth is the best option. You know, if we shoot a blaster, it's going to kill the kid. So they use the grappling hooks, just classic Mandalorians being Mandalorians, scale the peak, um, and then they get to the nest, use, you know, the heat goggles, whatever, and they see a heat source, Paz rushes in, we get the reveal that Ragnar is his son, um, but 
it's not his son that's the heat source it's the three baby birds you know then mama raptor comes oh my gosh at the worst time tries to you know the kid's coming out of the mouth um <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it really hits the fan quick um mm-hmm. Paz took a humbling this episode. I just feel like Mandalorians don't handle big monsters as well as they should. Yeah, that's that's I, all I really have my takeaway as I agree here. With that. They haven't really shown us that the masses of Mandalorians are like competent fighters. Like didn't... maybe I guess they just pair well against opponents that are like actually their size. Then they're undefeated. But if you throw anything that's like big at them, then they're they're kind of shot. I mean, I definitely agree that they are kind of getting their asses kicked for being, you know, an army of uh, Mandos. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that because they were, like, destroyed, because they're such, like, a a fringe little community, they're forced to, like, hide in a land that is so hostile that they can't be found or they're they're not going to be hunted there. Um, and you know, to go the the downside of that is they have to deal with these tough, insane, um, local creatures. Uh, but I'm sure again, I'm sure their weaponry isn't as strong as what it was on Mandalore, you know. So that's you're you're right, Paul. Like this is just I guess to demonstrate that is it has been quite a fall from grace, but let's go 0 for two. I know. Come on, we need we need a win here for the Mandos. Well, with the croc turtle, I don't even know why they tried to fight it. Just go back into the cave. You know, it's uh, yeah, it is what it is. And I guess we can't talk too much shit about this particular instance because they do get the best of the raptor eventually. You know, push comes to shove. They take but who the else is it going to be bags. other than Bo-Katan or Mando? You know? Obviously. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it had to be. It was a pretty cool scene. They used the grappling hooks kind of like tie it up. Very reminiscent of Hoth, the AT-ATs and the you know what I'm saying? The cable ties. Uh, it was cool. Drops to the lake or whatever. And then the croc turtle makes an appearance and just chomps him. So nice to see a Scott, a uh, size scale there between the two croc turtle beats Raptor, I suppose. But yeah, cool scene. Search party comes back. Thunderous applause. They saved the three baby Raptors. Oh, looks like we have three more foundlings. Am I right? Um, actually kind of excited about that. I don't know why I said that so sarcastically. That was pretty <laughs> pretty cool of them to bring them back this is the way i guess and that's how you fight big beasts is you just get three of them for yourself and then hell yeah now you're now you're protected so we saw in book of boba you know them them training the rancors Ooh. from from infancy to you know riding them in the end so i'm there could be something similar going on here you know just training these Definitely. younglings i can't imagine them riding them because they have jetpacks but still that'll be fucking sweet if they use them like you know falconry where they're just like maybe you Grogu know whistle up- and they come over the fucking you know horizons Grogu upgrades his crib to a, every to mandalorian a under his helmet has a navi ponytail so they can just plug yeah. in to the raptors yeah, yeah. is how that one's gonna work but after this, the armorer takes Bo-Katan back into the forge. Notices she needs a repair on her uh, pauldron. That's a cool word for armor. Pauldron just sounds like what it is, you know. So it should be my Twitter name. Pauldron. Oh, pauldron Paul. <laughs> Paul no pauldron. More, no more Arnold Palmer. Ooh, no, can't change that. Sorry. That's been the that's been the OG Paul since what was it like 2012 when Twitter came out? Yeah, like sixth grade. Pauldron. <laughs> yeah, you got options. Give that one some thought. Um or yeah. loser. 
Ooh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> just just take the hit, Paul. All right. So Bo is just like, I'm sorry. The armor is like, would you like the night owl on your pauldron? And she's like, eh, you know what? Like, can I have the mythosaur? And she's like, hey, the mythosaur belongs to all Mandalorians. Of course you can have the mythosaur. She's like, hey, I saw a mythosaur. And the armor is like, okay, Vokatan, sure you did. <laughs> that's what I was getting. No, that's that's what it is. I I feel like I was actually kind of shocked that the armor, uh, the armor didn't believe Bo-Katan what she said. I guess I get where she's coming from. That you know they probably haven't been seen in however many years it's been. But I, I feel like the fact that they even came back from Mandalore with the water, just in itself, should just be a sign that anything is possible now. And if Bo-Katan says she saw a mythosaur in the waters of Mandalore, then maybe you should just kind of like listen to her. But I guess I have a little bit. I have some strifes with this episode more so than I thought I did coming into this recording. Tell me about it. What are your strifes? It's just that. I mean, it's just I feel like the armor should have believed. But go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Let me defend him a little bit because it is hard. You know, obviously, the downside of these badass Mandalorians is you can't see their facial expressions and and see if there is an innuendo because all you can base it off is is what they say um but i couldn't tell in my initial reaction and you know for the most part i still believe that she didn't believe bo-katan when she was talking of the mythosaur but but like the last time when she when she was responding after bo-katan was like no it was real i saw it when i was in the waters and she was just like kind of for the last time saying like okay like you know that's a good sign or whatever it was almost like hey shush don't tell anybody like if you got if you've got if the mythosaur which dave yeah i didn't think i didn't hold too much weight to it in episode one but it's becoming more and more i think the mythosaur did really just kind of show himself to bo-katan in particular the way it's going and it makes me think it makes me think hey did the armorer like get exposed to the mythosaur one time too and she just didn't tell anybody because you know this is the way and you just take it as a sign that you're supposed to be a leader and you know take it from there um well, it's really interesting the mandalorian lore is that the mythosaur will rise again and like bring a new age of mandalorian like a mm-hmm. new success like yeah it'll herald in the new age of mandalore um so I, honestly it would be the equivalent of me being like yo dave i just saw jesus christ like take my word for it i saw him he was real you'd be like yeah sure you did bry but that's what the equivalent is and we know that the armorer is a skeptic because she was just like honestly show me proof that you can even get to the living waters because mandalore is poisonous and they brought her the proof she was like all right i'm in but believing that not only it's not poisonous but that they saw the mythosaur yeah, the armor is not going to just like believe uh, that. She has yeah, I to guess, take it with a grain of salt. I guess they are coming in like with they are coming in hot with like a lot of information that might be too much for her to take in all at once. But I like what you were saying too, Paul, with maybe she does acknowledge that the mythosaur exists, but because you know it's so rare and valuable to them and their culture that maybe she's just like, okay, like let's not get everyone's hopes up here by saying like you telling me this like who knows yeah. who's listening like let's not get everyone's hopes up here so I, I like that response you're right the facial acting there would have probably been a big help had they not had their masks on so i do yeah. like that i've calmed down a little bit from my <laughs> from my anger there 
Like she could have given a wink, wink, but we never would have yeah, seen it. Never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. what the fuck, dude? Why do they call it a mythosaur? Like, because they're a myth, bro. They don't. Yeah. Exist. Like, of course, <laughs> nobody's gonna believe you saw it with a name like mythosaur. They're like, dude, <laughs> that's true. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess this is final thoughts, right, B Toms? That was really a quick episode. Yeah. The very quick episode. Uh, like I said, I was pretty fine with the pacing. They gave us that meaty backstory of Baby Yoda. I hope we get more of it, but it seems like they're just going to keep chipping away that story of his uh, rescue from mm-hmm. the Jedi Temple throughout the next couple seasons. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, honestly, the thing that I'm starting to think about is who is this armorer chick? Like, mm-hmm. she has to be someone. Yeah, there is that character from Rebel Sabine Wren. I have no reason to connect the armorer to her, but that would be like a crazy reveal. And they've had a history of just like using characters from the animated series. So that would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just starting to wonder who she is. What if it's a Mon Calamari and it's like Admiral Akbar's daughter? That'd be sick. (laughs) Actually, this is the way. (laughs) Mon Calamari Mandalorian. I mean, if Grogu Mon Calamando, Mon Calamando, yeah, I'm in. We need to make fan art of that right away. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I I could see um, a reveal coming, but the only way that would happen is if she was dying and she took her mask off or got slapped off or something like that. Yeah, true that. Yeah, my only like, I guess, lasting thoughts for this episode was definitely with you guys on the fact that I would love to get some more Grogu backstory because we never, I guess it's not technically backstory because his backstory would have been like, I guess, him younger, but just the flashes, the flashbacks to him training with the Jedis, I would love more of that to see more of the Jedis, see them slowly dwindle in numbers. Um, That was really awesome sequence of events for me. I did not expect to get that this episode. And then going into more of like just the Grogu like Jedi slash Mando route that he's going like is he just going to be a combination of the both is he just going to be purely Mandalorian like it's the questions that I kind of have for Bo-Katan are now kind of trending for Grogu it's just like what is his plan like what is what is going to happen to Grogu as he develops with the Mandalorian will he respect their ways is he going to say crap you know I kind of miss my Jedi friends like they're a lot more cooler than these Mandalorians who just don't have like who have to live with these masks on all the time so just really Grogu has become a more well-rounded character and like or more fleshed out character now and I just I love seeing it this season I didn't know we were going to get this much of him remembering of that night and his history there i thought he was going to be you know so young ish that he wouldn't be able to recall anything so the fact that we're getting all of this is really really interesting um i wonder if he's going to have any memories and we're going to see flashbacks of him actually meeting some legendary jedi you know like obi-wan or even yoda himself if you know he was in the jedi temple you know i'm sure yoda was in there you know teaching other younglings um right before they got got you know um so i I, it would be cool to see just any way to tie in those legends oh my god fucking samuel l jackson makes an insane cameo um just 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 like talk to grogu real quick and already 
dead. And then they recycle. Oh my god, he would. No, no, no. I'm saying right. No, he's saying the ghost. He's saying I'm the saying ghost. before oh, the force that. Ghost? No, yeah. I was not saying the force ghost. That's crazy. No, I thought you were saying, saying that is crazy. crazy. If we get a flashback before the night of Order sixty six, the before, and, before, yeah, because you know he was a, he was in the Jedi Temple, um, before the Order sixty six went guy's down. Living in the Jedi Temple, exactly. So these Jedi Masters would have gone through. They maybe yeah. would have seen you know Grogu, but I, I or doubt maybe, we're gonna get it. I hope we do. That's what or I'm maybe for. they recycle. The biggest plot twist in all of history and they say they have yoda and he's like grogu i am your father they just recycle that plot point all over again oh, but <laughs> they're both on the same side true i, I guess yeah but this <laughs> time they're gonna be on the same side yeah it's gonna really be a father good. reveal yeah just instead of dark, dark and evil yeah nice we don't even know how these guys are born like if he has a father or if he just like falls from a tree or what like yeah, he's just a fruit yeah um but yeah my lasting take i think it was a great bo-katan episode and limited mm-hmm. exposure just stepping up as a leader immediately within the covert i think it's just like she's regaining her appreciate excuse me appreciation for the old ways um and the other thing i really like this padme tie-in because like paul said they've done a great job of tying it into the larger scale like movies and stuff like that and it it's a great nod and it's it's an addition to Padme's character that like on her deathbed or pregnancy bed, she would send someone from her inner circle to like save Grogu or just any Jedi from the Jedi Temple. It's it's very what her character would do. So I, I really like it if that theory holds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's going to be our season three, episode four coverage of The Mandalorian. As always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. Boom. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 